0: What's up everybody welcome back to the Jake podcast I'm your host Jake Brainy on this Thursday February 25th did miss a few weeks in there uh no reason other than just you know it's it's february and there's not a lot going on there's not a lot of new news so uh sometimes you got to take a little bit of time in between pods uh big shout out though to uh, uh a bunch of people recently a lot of life goals have happened uh, Yesterday, uh, my buddy Tom Scotto and his wife uh, Meg welcomed their first baby into the world, little Jack Scotto, so very excited for them. Uh, we got a future dodgeball champion among us now, so uh, pretty cool, pretty pumped for them. Uh, another, another one a couple weeks ago, my buddy Charlie Sminkowski and his wife Janine, they welcomed their first child into the world too, so uh, congratulations to Chuck, Janine, and CeCe. Uh, big things, big things are happening. It's like, wow, Jake, get on with your life. But uh, it's okay, guys, I'm engaged. Babies will happen when they happen. Um, and then I found out another one of my friends is having a baby. His second, TJ Cooney, shout out, big fan of the podcast. So uh, congrats to you and Jess on uh, bringing in number two. So yeah, a lot of things happening, a lot of babies happening, and now that like you know there's, we kind of have the AOK to go enjoy some weddings, I'm pretty excited for that too. Uh, big things happening, um, but you know, outside of uh, you know, there are things outside of the sports world, believe it or not, or outside of entertainment that real things are happening. Um, over the last month, I've been you know in and out of helping out with uh, my parents because they're down in Florida; they go away for the month and. Usually I have to be there nonstop, but my sister lives at home now, so she was there. But then all of a sudden she decided to take off for half the month and just uh, head down there with them. So it was like, OK, I guess uh, that's cool. Go, uh, you know, work down there. But then I thought about it. I'm like, you know what, if you can work remotely, why not work remotely where it's going to be cool? Like where, you know, you're going to get some sun, get some tanning. Should have thought about this a year ago when uh, the pandemic hit that I was like, if I'm going to be working remotely, I might as well, you know, work remotely wherever I want. There's no rule that says I have to work in Asbury Park if I'm working remotely. But uh, so I'm wondering if other people are doing that. You know, I did hear about uh, my buddy, Mike. He's uh, going to be going down for the month of April, going down to like North Carolina, which I think is like a really cool thing to do. So I'm curious. Is anyone else doing that? Like you know, hit me up, let me know, because I just assume everybody's working from their homes, you know, it wherever they live, not like taking vacations and work vacations. It's a uh, pretty cool, pretty like interesting 2020, 2021, uh, you know, staple that uh, you can do this, a little tidbit uh, for the history books. But regardless, uh, you know, this isn't a work podcast. This is a... Sports and Entertainment Podcast, and there have been things happening Uh, in the NFL world. The Super Bowl champions, uh, it was not the Chiefs. It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, in what was a super boring game. The it started out like a couple punts and you're like, okay, maybe this is going to be like a chess match. Brady's Super Bowls typically are uh, slower starting ones and it like, you know, heats up later uh I you know, they showed like his his like first quarter stats in the Super Bowls. You're like, wow, he really doesn't do a whole lot. But that was with the Patriots. And uh after the first couple punts, uh Buccaneers just really took it to them. Mahomes, uh tell you what, you can really tell like, okay, this was a little humbling experience for the Chiefs who had really just uh for the last couple years not really been punched in the mouth. And you really get to see, hey, uh, when you don't have your offensive line fully intact, shit happens, and your uh, you know, otherworldly quarterback, still, he can't even fight uh, a bad offensive line. So, um, he, you know, gave it his all, and and they, uh, um, you know, it, you know, didn't really put up a good fight. It was a blowout, but uh, it does show, it does show, and I want this to be said. Um, how impressive the Browns were, considering how many times they were out at least one starting offensive lineman. Uh, against the Steelers in the playoffs, they had to play a guy named Blake that Baker had met just before the game. Um, you know, uh, Jack Conklin was like in and out of the lineup all season. Jedrick Wills missed a couple games. Uh, Teller missed a, a couple games, and he had an, an incredible season when he played. But Tonio had to be put on the COVID list, and he missed the first playoff game. Uh, and then Tretter was also, it's like J.C. Tretter's always battling an injury too. So like, you know, even though he's always playing, he's always battling. Um, and yet the Browns were able to do, like do well without their starters at times. And then Chris Hubbard went down their swing tackle. their basically sixth offensive lineman who was doing well in that role. When he went out, it, who knew what was going to happen? Kendall Lanham had to come in and he was terrible for the Browns in 2019, And he was now a very dependent upon offensive lineman. They were missing Batonio and Conklin for the first playoff game. And then for the second playoff game, they were missing Wills. Uh, He played the first snap and got hurt. And they had to put in Lamb because their backup tackle and their starting left tackle were both hurt. And yet the Browns offense never really faltered. So a big shout out to the coaching staff uh, and, you know, by led by Kevin Stefanski and, and the O-line coach, Bill Callahan, because you saw in the Super Bowl with two weeks to prepare, the Chiefs weren't able to do shit against, you know, like, a an, like a pretty good defense, but like not a great defense. People were really hyping up Tampa Bay's defense and they weren't that good. Like that, that was the frustrating thing is that, like, I feel like this Buccaneers team played their best games right at the end of the season, like, I watched them plenty this year, and they were never as good as they were the last two games of the year. So, um, you know, they beat Washington in you know uh, in which was you know kind of like a super ugly game. Uh, But they did have to beat the Packers, and that was like their big test. So you know, the Saints they rolled the Saints too. The New Orleans didn't look any good. You know that that was Drew Brees' last game as a pro because he can't play anymore. And uh, but they did, uh, you know, they played well at Green Bay and they earned that one. And then, you know, they got after it in the Super Bowl. So good for Tom Brady. Seventh Super Bowl. You know, it's it's re- legit. You know, he is the goat. And, uh, you know, I was watching a segment a couple weeks back. And it was, uh you know, Nick Wright, whatever show he's on for, you know, first take or, or uh, you know, speak up or whatever the fucking show is called. And he after the first round, he ranked all the you know quarterbacks and said, um, you know, ranked them based on who has the most to gain with a Super Bowl win. So this was with eight teams left four AFC, four NFC. Uh, he excused golf because golf was out. So instead he put the L.A. defenders like Ramsey and Aaron Donald and he ranked Brady last. And I understand where he was going with that, because it's like, well, what does Brady have to gain? He has six Super Bowl wins uh, a seventh, you know, really doesn't change much. He's still, he's the goat. He's still the goat. So he has nothing to gain. Whereas he put like Baker, uh, Josh Allen, Lamar, all in that like top three, because I forget if he had Lamar top three, or if he just had those, the first two guys, um, he said, you know what, because they are, are, you know, a up for a pay grade soon, uh, you know, a big payday. And then B, They're also like still have some haters out there. So if they were able to win a Super Bowl in year three, similar to what Pat Mahomes was able to do, this puts them on a big path to a huge payday. Uh, So I understand where he was going with them. Neither of them won. Um, But I thought to myself when this happened, I said, you know, Tom Brady actually has the most to gain in my eyes. And I know that's a crazy thing to say, but think about it this way. Tom Brady was the only one there that was able to say, um, I'm moving the bar. You know, uh, Drew Brees, if he won a Super Bowl, I was like, all right, he probably retires. They're not that good. Um, He's not playing that well. So like it would be similar to a Peyton Super Bowl where it's like, yeah, you won the Super Bowl, but like it was more the team and not just the quarterback. Whereas these other guys were leading them, um, and I don't think it really changes Drew Brees's, you know, historical outlook. You know, he already had one, so he becomes a two-time Super Bowl champion, which is great. But like, I don't know. It just to me, it was like, uh, he was already like fringe top ten quarterback of all time. Uh, I don't think a second Super Bowl changes that. Um, so like, you know, I look at him like I'm like he doesn't really have much to gain. But Tom Brady is the only one moving the bar. Pat Mahomes, yeah, he had a lot to gain because winning two in your first like uh four seasons, that is something that, like, you know, he's gotta keep pace with Brady if he wants to be the GOAT. So um he still has a lot to prove. Everyone thinks that the Chiefs don't have anything to prove because they won the Super Bowl last season, but I mean, everyone is also treating them like they're untouchable, and they very, very well just showed. That yeah, you can touch them, you can beat them, and the Browns almost beat them. Um, they've been losing every, you know, playoff game. They were losing by double digits. Um, basically, in the last two years, they've been losing every playoff game by double digits, except for the Browns game, which ended up being their closest victory. Uh, the Browns kept it the tightest of anyone outside of when they lost, but. I don't know, it's just something to think about, you know, because these young quarterbacks, they have a lot of time to build their career, but Tom Brady, he set the bar, and he's the only person in the world that can raise that bar, so that's why I thought it was an interesting take to say he has the least to gain, and I'm thinking he's the only one that can really raise the bar anymore, so, I don't know, just a, a, you know, thought, so, um, You know, this is going to be actually a football-centered episode, so before I really get into all the NFL, I do want to run through the other sports. Uh, Right now, the MLB, uh, we got pitchers and catchers coming to town. Uh, There's really not much going on here. Uh, Maybe I'll do a, you know, March episode where I preview the season, but right now there's nothing to really report because there's still a couple free agents that are waiting to see if a spot opens up. And a couple of trades may still happen. Trevor Bauer picked the Dodgers. Nolan Arenado got traded to the Cardinals, but uh, dominoes take a long time in the MLB, you know, off season. So maybe a March episode I'll really get into baseball. So I think we're going to take off a little bit, uh, you know, a couple of weeks for baseball, unless something big happens. Uh, with the NBA. Also, like, it's kind of predictable right now. So not really gonna dive right into the NBA. They just released like the uh, the All-Star teams, and basically like it, it it did remind me though, because I hadn't been paying attention to the All-Star teams the last couple seasons, because frankly, like, you know, in my history of watching the Cavs, it's like, okay, LeBron's obviously gonna make it. Kyrie, he should make you know, he always made it when like he should um and even Kevin Love had a couple appearances but you know now that I'm actually rooting for a young team that's getting better in the Cavaliers which like you know I will hold my tongue they were having a lot of fun they were pretty good and I said watch out for February and then February kicked them in the ass they lost 10 straight games all by like double digits they're getting blown out it was bad uh they are banged up right now and they're and they are young so it like kind of stinks that like They don't even have their full squad like Larry Nance would be really helpful right now. But they did win the last two games, beat the Rockets, beat the Hawks. And uh, you could see a nice young core. So uh, I'm excited for the Cavs. They're they're still a piece or two away. They might need to make a move as well. Like it's not just going to be drafting these guys and hoping for the best. They might need to parlay a pick and a player into a better player. Uh, But they have a very young core four guys are like 22 and younger that should be, you know, basically starters for a long time. Uh, Jared Allen has come over and been really good, but, um, but you know, the all-star voting came out and I was like, you know, I had never really paid attention much to it, but it really is hard to make the all-star team because there's only 12 spots. And unless you're like the greatest, like having the greatest season ever, uh, you need to be on one of those top like five, six teams in the playoffs or be like an absolute name brand like the playoff te- teams own the all stars. It's like, OK, you got Tatum and Brown from Boston. You've got Giannis and Chris Middleton from Milwaukee. You've got, um, th- you know, the three in Brooklyn. And it's like all of a sudden y- you're you've only got like four spots left on the on the playoff team. And they often give them to the guys that have been there for like the longest time. I know there's voting, but like the votes go to the popular people too. So it's kind of boring because you you kind of know what to expect with the all-star teams. I wish they expand the roster to 15 because I think that'd be a little bit, um, you know, at least be a little bit more like variety and give some some of these guys like Colin Sexton the chance to actually make the playoff team or or the all-star team like, you know, Look at Colin Sexton. I'm like, he has been having a really nice year, really solid, but the Cavs suck. And even if he's averaging 24 points a game, you're on a bad team. So like, you got to be basically Julius Randle setting like records and keeping the Knicks in like in contention of the playoffs just to be like the last all-star. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know, just, just a thought, but that's it on the NBA. I don't really care to talk about it much. Um, Big news is all across football. You know, we had the Senior Bowl. We're going to have the Combine coming up. We're going to have Pro Days coming up. I'm really excited. I want want to, you know, I'm going to get into the draft a little bit today. Um, Going to actually have some draft news. uh, That ESPN is now in partnership with Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl and Matt Miller, who uh, he's now doing his own thing. So uh, they're finally making some good hires in terms of like, draft people like they had just been sitting on McShea and Kuiper for the longest time. And it's like, it's very annoying because like, like there are so many other people out there that they could be using. So I'm re- like, I'm really excited that Matt uh, Miller is going to be on a lot of things. And if Jim Nagy is there too, that's great because he does a lot with the senior bowl and he's very well educated with uh, some of these guys. However, ESPN still can't get out of their way. They're picking Mike Greenberg to do to host uh the draft night, which man, like I really I really wish I had NFL network for this because Rich Eisen and the NFL network team is just a thousand times better than anything that you know ESPN offers. You know, they're gonna you know parade out Wingo at some point, they're gonna have Kuyper and McShay, and like Mort is, you know, like Ten minutes behind, and it's it just you know maybe they'll do something with Berman. Uh, it, it's it's always like the same crap, and Lewis Riddick, who's like you know, I, I guess he's good, but like, gosh, he's annoying, and he's very full of himself sometimes. But, ESPN, like I don't know. Hopefully, the Miller hire or at least partnership helps them go in the right direction. But, um, anyway, I was thinking about doing a couple different things. Considering it's draft season, um, I was going to do a breakdown, or not breakdown, but a power rankings of the 32 NFL teams going into draft season. And I feel like, yeah, so I went back and forth on what I was going to do with this, but you know what, I think I'm ready to do a top 32 teams in the NFL Break him down. Okay, so coming in last, 32. I'm going with the Detroit Lions. Uh, they just traded Matthew Stafford. They were playing bad football at the end of the season. They have a new coach. Uh, they're not going to be any good next year. So, right now, the way they were playing football at the end of the season, And the shape of the organization, they are at the bottom. I'm going to give them number 32. Not to say things can't get better. They did acquire some draft picks, and I think that'll be good for them in the future if they trade down as well. And if they can somehow move Goff and turn him into picks, they could be set for for the foreseeable future. But as of right now, Detroit Lions, they're also going to lose probably Kenny Galladay. Um, They're at the bottom for me, and they have no defense also. All right, Uh, number 31. Uh, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. They are also just an absolute tank job right now. Um, They just traded Carson Wentz, which, by the way, after this, we're going to have to go into the quarterback carousel. Uh, Just traded Carson Wentz uh, to the Colts. Uh, They didn't even get all that much. They got a three and then a pick that could end up being a first, which is a 2022 second rounder. Um, But they are in like cap hell they're gonna to have to get rid of some good players they're old uh and jalen hurts isn't proven at all so they could be one of the worst teams in the league next year and they're not gonna get any better like anytime soon that number six pick you know maybe it's a quarterback maybe it's uh traded down or maybe it's a weapon but i don't know it can't be all of them that's the problem. They need the number 6 pick and the number 7 pick. Um okay, so next up, so those 32, 31, 30. I'm going to put the uh New York Jets here. They were playing better at the end of the season, but they do have a new coach. They don't really know what they have with uh Sam Darnold. They won two games. One of them was against the uh, the you know, the injured Browns team that um uh I mean we had the entire wide receiver room was out with COVID uh, we had a couple backup offensive linemen the team just did not look its best and that was really like it they beat they beat the Rams to avoid going winless and then they beat the Browns and of course the Browns didn't take them seriously but they have a new head coach they have the number two pick they have Sam Darnold but what are they going to do? Are they seriously making a run at Sean Watson? I don't really know. Um, I don't know. So 32, 31, 30, 29, going with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they were playing better at the end of the season, but they're still a one-win team. They will be getting Trevor Lawrence, and the moment they take Trevor Lawrence, I think they're going to shoot up like five spots. Um, there's really not much else to say there. They also have another first-round pick. So uh, the future is bright, for Jacksonville, but as of right now, not much to be, uh, happy with, you know, they're, they were a one win team. They did play teams pretty tight, but I don't know. Like that's, uh, that's like, that's all I can say is that they're playing teams tight and that's not really all that impressive. So, um, number 28, I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, You know, they they were also fighting, but they were without Joe Burrow. Uh, And who knows how long Joe Burrow is going to be out with, you know, with his pretty ugly knee injury. Uh, He's going to have surgery on it. I think he already had surgery on it. They absolutely need to protect him. And until they get offensive line help to protect him, they are going to be one of these bottom five teams in the NFL. Joe Burrow makes them a lot better, but, uh, I mean, you, you absolutely, like, it just frustrates the hell out of me. And I don't even like the Bengals. I'm not a Bengals fan. I'm a Browns fan. But knowing how they treated him last year, he was sacked, like, he was getting hit, like, you know, he was dropping back 60 times a game. They didn't have an offensive line that could protect him, so he's getting hit all the time. He's taking so many sacks. that This was week two, and I'm like, oh my God, they're going to kill Joe Burrow. And ultimately, he comes down with that knee injury. So, Until they give him an offensive line, they can't get out of this bottom five. Okay, Um, next up is the Houston Texans. They're about to drop to 32, but they still have Deshaun Watson, so he can keep them in any game. But if they're going to trade him, and they're going to trade him, uh, we'll see what they get. Carson Wentz didn't really net all that much. Uh, Matthew Stafford, he he netted a good amount. Uh, we'll see really what this trade is going to look like. I don't have any clue because it just seems like, like, I I don't know, but you'd never trade a quarterback that's in this position. So, uh, it's, it's crazy. So, uh, I got, I, I got next up is the Houston Texans who are at, uh, 27, uh, ranked 26th right now this is a tough spot i'm going to put uh oh, man i'm going to put the new york giants uh not to be harsh on the giants because i do think uh you know i mean hey they were really close to making the playoffs but um D- daniel jones i still don't know if he's the quarterback they need to get him more protection and more weapons uh they have the 11th pick which could be a really good offensive lineman or a really good receiver but you know it's right now just fingers crossed and uh I'm sure a healthy Saquon Barkley will help them and their defense was actually like a little underrated so they are getting better but you're only as good as your quarterback and Daniel Jones is one of the worst starters in the league right now so Um, we'll see. Maybe he can be better. Maybe he can be the guy that's like, look, if you surround him with stuff, he's going to take your, uh, you know, your good team and keep them good. But I don't think he's going to be the type of quarterback that takes a, a good team and makes them great or takes a bad team and makes them good. He's not that type of guy. All right. So, uh, coming in at 25, I got the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, everything changes when they get Dak. Uh, we don't know if they have Dak yet. Um, he they they just like don't want to pay him. They don't want to show any commitment towards him. I don't really get it, but you know it is what it is. Uh, number twenty four. I'm going with the Denver Broncos. They um, I I think they have a lot of the right pieces in play. They just need to. Uh, or are the Broncos twenty five? Yeah, I think I. I oh no, no no they are twenty four. Uh, I think they just need to, um, I don't know, the, the, Drew Locke is not a great starting quarterback, but if they can figure out quarterback, they could get even higher on this list. I thought they were going to be a playoff team last year going into the season, and uh, it just didn't really work out for them, so, you know, I, I think there's still good times ahead for them, but, you know, they need to just, uh, they need to figure out the quarterback position I don't know if they're going to be trading for Deshaun Watson. I don't know if they're going to be drafting somebody in the first round. Uh, or maybe Drew Locke is the guy. I, I actually like Drew Locke. I think he's had some like really good games, but you know, is he is he a franchise guy? He's it seems like he's never going to be a top 15 quarterback, but can he be a top 20 quarterback? Uh, uh, I'm not really sure. So um uh, okay, so that was 25, right? No, um, that was 24. So, all right, 23. I got the New England Patriots. Uh, they're not very good. It, it 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 is what it is. In the first year without, um, without what's his face, in his first year without Tom Brady. Sorry, I'm reading multiple things. Uh, first year without Tom Brady. Belichick goes seven and nine. Uh, they rode Cam Newton as long as they could, but I don't know. It's just, it it, it was ugly. Um, it was an ugly seven wins. And uh, unless they get a quarterback, they're not going to be getting better. They're going to be getting worse. Okay. Uh, number 22, I have the Atlanta Falcons. All right. They're another team, new head coach. He'll probably be getting rid of Matt Ryan. Uh maybe Julio Jones. Uh but they have the fourth overall pick that could be a, a quarterback. It could be Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. That that would be really nice. And if they could trade Matt Ryan and, and Julio Jones and get more picks, maybe they can start to you know rebuild themselves. And I think uh I don't know. I, I could see them uh doing really well there. So um number 21, I have the Carolina Panthers. Uh I actually like Carolina. I think uh, you know. They did a good job last year of, you know, in Matt Rule's first season competing with some really good teams. And, uh, I mean, they're in a really tough division. They had the Super Bowl champions and the New Orleans Saints. Um, and, and yet they were still like, you know, super competitive with a lot of teams. They only won five games, but I think they could have easily won like seven or eight. And, uh, I hope they don't, if they make a trade for Deshaun Watson, I really hope they're careful because, you know, if you're trading Christian McCaffrey as well as Brian Burns and like all of your young pieces, then it's like, well, now you're back to just being the Texans of a team that has Deshaun Watson and nothing else. So I want to see them. I would like to see them make a move for a quarterback, but I'd rather them go after, you know, Justin Fields or Trey Lance uh, or Zach Zach Wilson would be so much fun on the Panthers. That's been that was one of my favorite matches when I played quarterback matchmaker last time. Wilson and Matt Rule's offense would be a lot of fun. Him and and McCaffrey in the backfield. So uh, if they could get one of those top four quarterbacks in the draft, I think Carolina could be rising up uh, much higher. Okay, so they're twenty one. All right, now we're going into the top twenty teams. Um, at twenty, I have the Minnesota Vikings. They, uh, I don't know, they're very bland right now. Like they're just, they seem very average all across the board, and it wouldn't surprise you to find out that they they were seven and nine this year, so they had a very average year as well. But I'd like to see, um, you know, this this could be. This could be a bad year for Minnesota. I don't think they're getting any better. I do like Justin Jefferson, but um there's only so much he can make her cousins get better. Uh they have some nice players at like basically every position on defense. But you know, as we as Tom Brady defies time and Aaron Rodgers continues to, you know, live You know, playing MVP-level football uh, into his late 30s. There's only better quarterbacks coming into the league than Kirk Cousins. And they're stuck with him, at least for one more year. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe they move him and maybe they start their rebuild a year early. I think that would be smart. Uh, Number 19, I have uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, They were a very, like, a very competitive and, like, hard-fighting team. And I think that says a lot about John Gruden. Uh, they still don't know how to draft. Uh, they, they haven't been getting their drafts right, um, even with a ton of picks that they got from trading Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper. And uh, now they don't have any more of those extra picks. So we'll see... Uh, there was word that they might trade David Carr, uh, Derek Carr to Chicago or somewhere else and either roll with Mariota or make a move for a, uh, you know, a quarterback higher in the draft. I don't really see that happening. I think they're kind of stuck with Carr because I don't, I don't know who's going to want to trade for him right now. Maybe he does go to the bears. That'd be crazy. But, um, I don't know right now. I just look at the Raiders as a team. That's like, they're going to be fighting. Um, and they're going to be a tough out, but I don't see them as real threats or a contender. Okay. Number 18, I have, uh, the Chicago bears. Uh, they're going to lose Trubisky to free agency, but they need to make a move, a quarterback. They, they have a very good defense and they have a good offensive coach, but this good offensive coach couldn't do shit with either Trubisky or Foles this year. So I don't know. Nagy's going to have to figure something out. Uh, Maybe Carr is the answer. Maybe they need to make a big move for Watson. I think I think mortgaging a lot for Watson would be worth it for them because uh, he is one of those top four quarterbacks in the league. And he really, you know, until you do that, you don't have a chance at winning the North the way that Green Bay is still playing with Rodgers. Um, even if Minnesota and Detroit aren't that competitive, they're just not, uh, the Bears just are on a separate level than Green Bay. So I, I need to see Chicago, you know, go up and, and get a QB. All right. Number 17 I have as the Arizona Cardinals. Um, You know, Kyler, he had a typical sophomore season where, you know, people, you know, teams started to figure him out a little bit. Uh, Things weren't super easy like they were the first time around. He was battling injuries. But uh, now he's going to be, you know, it. I look at kind of what Arizona was as uh, kind of what the Browns were, like a little a year early, right? Like everyone wanted Arizona to be like the, the surprise team this year, just like the Browns in 2019 when they hired Freddie Kitchens and they had Baker and Odell and all the fun stuff. And it just like it didn't work out that year. Um, and i look at the Cardinals, I think about them last year, and th- that's the same vibe I get. So uh, I think they have a high ceiling as a team, I think their offense like they uh, they could use like a tight end their running game like they don't need to pay kenyon and Drake. They don't they just like keep drafting mid round guys uh, don't pay money to these two to running backs. If you're them pay money to defensive players and offensive linemen and uh, Kyler Murray, he's got a, he's got a very high ceiling in the league. Uh, so I see him them as like potentially being a playoff team next year. Especially if, who knows what the fuck is happening in that division right now. The Niners and the Seahawks seem like they're kind of lost while the Rams just made a big play. All right, so, number 16. Number 16, I have the Washington football team. Uh, Super scrappy team. I really like what they've done. Uh, They were able to make the playoffs and then give the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a really good fight. They have a very, like, very vicious front that is led by Chase Young, who is Defensive Rookie of the Year. I could see them being, uh, they are also a team, you know, they had Alex Smith playing quarterback and somehow making the playoffs. If they figure out, like, a way to get Trey Lance or even move up a little higher to get Justin Fields or if one of those top guys falls a little bit and they move up, I mean, they could be winning the division a couple, for a couple years now, and I, I don't think that's a crazy thought. Uh, they have a good offensive line. They now have a couple nice receivers, too, and uh, their running game is very strong, so I look at them as a, like, they could be a young quarterback away from being just a very solid team for a few years. All right, um, this is where it gets pretty good. Number fifteen, I have the San Francisco 49ers. It's really tough to judge them, uh, because of just they were just so banged up last year. Um, but they are they have a lot of good players, and uh I think they're gonna make a move for a quarterback. Right now, when healthy, they are a playoff team. And that's with Jimmy Garoppolo. If they make a move for a better, you know, quarterback, things will get even better okay, number 14 I have as the Los Angeles Chargers they're playing very good at the end of the season and uh, and yeah I see them as you know being a possible like you know riser next season um they, they finished seven and nine and they lost so many games to uh, on like on by one possession that's why they fired Anthony Lynn so we'll see how they do you know it's another new coach. Um, they, you know, they're bringing Staley from, uh, uh, from, from the other LA, from the Rams. So we'll see. But, um, I really like Herbert offensive rookie of the year, obviously, you know, set a bunch of touchdown records, so he's easy to like. And I'll admit that I was one of the people that were like, I don't want Justin Herbert. I don't want to draft him. And it's the perfect example of like nitpicking and saying like, oh, you're looking at what he didn't do and saying he can't be good in the league when it's like, well, Oregon just didn't ask him to do that. Uh, The Chargers played him to his strengths, and guess what? He ended up being great. And, yeah, he's going to be – he's one of the better young quarterbacks in the league. So I'm I'm, I'm excited for him, and the Chargers should be very happy. They should be drafting offensive linemen just to surround him because he's the type of quarterback that he can make any receiver look good. So they don't need to go get first-round receivers – uh, they don't need to pay Keenan Allen big money. They do, but they don't need to. I think they just need to surround him with offensive line, um, so that and and he will lead them. He'll he'll lead them well. All right. So that was fourteen. Uh, thirteen. I'm gonna have as the. Wait, am I? Yeah. I'm gonna have as the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The end of the season. Losing two straight games to the Cleveland Browns. What? Yes, the Cleveland Browns. They lost the last game of the season when they sat a bunch of guys. And then they lost in the playoffs and they got smacked. Now they are in cap hell. They owe Ben Roethlisberger $40 million. He's not going to retire because he'll have to give back $12 million, And I don't think he's going to do that. Ben is not playing good football. And frankly... I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know where they go. They still have a really good defense, but they're going to have to make some cuts. They're going to have to make some moves, and they're going to have to lose some good players. Bud Dupree might be gone. Um, I already think their cornerbacks are overrated, and they finally got exposed. Their safeties got exposed. You know, Minka Fitzpatrick, he's really good, but he gets beat a lot for a player that's really good. So I don't know. I mean, uh, we'll see going forward. I don't want to count them out, but I loved seeing the Browns kick their ass. All right, number 12 is the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they ended the season on a really tough loss to Buffalo that cost them the playoffs, but they went 10-6, and six, and they have a very high draft pick that they can use. Uh, they have Tua. They have their own first-round pick. I really... I'd be surprised if they don't make a very big offer for Deshaun Watson. I was saying in December that they should go make a big trade for Deshaun Watson. And uh, I think they may still do that. But uh, we'll see what that happens, you know, because the quarterback market is still uh, a lot of things still have to shake out there. But uh, great defense, good young coach, uh, some nice pieces on offense. But they need a quarterback to glue it all together because I don't think it's Tua. But... It's, it's still too early to give up on Tua. All right, number 11, uh, the Tennessee Titans. They um, they didn't have a good defense last season. They kind of knew it going into the season, and then it cost them. Um, but on offense, they know exactly what they are. They have a good offensive line. Not great, good offensive line, uh, but they're centered around Henry. And Tannehill is good enough to keep them in games and to compete and they have receivers that could really, you know, change the game, but again, they're 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 good enough to compete and make the playoffs and win some playoff games. But how long can you ride Derrick Henry? Um, one day he's he's gonna slow down, and they got nothing after that. Uh, all right, number ten. Uh, I have the Indianapolis Colts. I think they are, they were a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender last year. Uh, They had Phillip Rivers. Now they, (coughs) excuse me, now they have Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz, he he had a bad year last year. Uh, Not much to say about that. But all they need, all Carson Wentz needs now is a left tackle because this team has a really good offensive line outside of left tackle. But, uh, Maybe you move Quentin Nelson to left tackle and then you solve guard internally or through the draft, which it might be easier to uh, to get a left guard. You talk to Quentin Nelson and say, hey, listen, Quentin, you got a big payday coming up. You'll get more as a left tackle. So I don't know if he would uh, hate it. I, I, I know he's up to it. And um, it just depends on what's going to be available for them in the draft. You know, if Slater is, Rashawn Slater is there or Christian Derrissaw is there. Uh that's easy. They take one of those guys and plug him in at left tackle. Uh if it's Sam Cosme or uh Jalen Mayfield, I don't know. Maybe maybe you don't, you know, put a rookie left tackle in there. Maybe you instead go get Elijah Vera Tucker, put him at left guard, and then move over Quentin Nelson to left tackle and boom, you got a stellar offensive line. I think that's actually what you do if the fir- if those first two guys are gone and obviously Penny Sowell will be gone. But that's just, you know, that's just that one position. They've already got a really good defense. They have some nice pieces for any quarterback. They have a really good running game. They've got a great offensive line. Uh, they are a Super Bowl compet- contender if Carson Wentz can get back to even like 80% of what he used to be, that like 2017 version of himself. He doesn't have to be the MVP, but he needs to be able to make big throws. He can't miss wide open receivers. And he needs to uh, stay healthy and and you know, cause they might need to pay Jacoby Brissett a, a big payday to be their backup again because Carson Wentz never finishes a season. So I don't know. I, I liked the trade for him. Uh I'm guessing that they didn't want to wait to see what the Jets did with Darnold and the number two pick. Um so they were like, you know what? We you know, even though I myself like Darnold better for them for the long term they look at Carson Wentz like he's still in his 20s. Um they got him for the next like 4 years. I think uh I think this was a wise trade, a good a, a, a good trade They didn't give up a first round pick. Uh if they if that pick becomes a first rounder, it means the trade was worth it anyway. So all right. Uh number 9 number 9. I have is the Seattle Seahawks. Uh they ended the season in such a bad place. Like they started out the year 5-0, and uh, they basically went 500 for the rest of the season after that. You know, they, they fired Brian Schottenheimer, their offensive coordinator. They said they want to take the ball out of Russell Wilson's hand more next year, which, like, you don't really have a good offensive line. You have good running backs, but, like, anybody can have good running backs. You have an all-world quarterback in Russell Wilson, and, And you've got two great receivers. Why are you going to try and take the ball out of the quarterback's hands? They are a mess. And yet they're somehow number 10 on this list because they're just always going to be a playoff team with Russell Wilson. Now, if they trade Russell Wilson, uh, or I'm not number 10, number nine, if they trade Russell Wilson, things will change. But I don't see them trading Russell Wilson unless they get something crazy back. All right. Number nine. Um, Number eight is the Los Angeles Rams. I... Look, last year, like you saw, their defense is legit. They can compete with anybody, and they had John Walford starting playoff games for them. Um, now, now, they have Matthew Stafford. Um, you know what? To be honest, they're not number uh, number eight. New Orleans Saints are number eight. The, yeah, I got to change that. The Rams have passed the Saints. Uh, the Saints are, um, are the number eight team because I don't know what to say about them. They are paying Drew Brees a lot of money. He still hasn't fully retired. They are, they, they're paying Taysom Hill. And if so, if Brees retires and Hill's their starter, Hill's like possibly the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he's any good. Do they have a lot of interest in bringing back Jameis Winston? Is he that big of an upgrade? They have a really good defense. They have great receivers. Uh, Alvin Kamara uh, is one of the best running backs in the league. But I don't really see them as like a real threat with their quarterback situation. And it's the most important position in sports. And it's going to keep on getting in their way. So um, I don't really know what to say about the Saints. They... Uh, them, like the Seahawks, are playoff teams that are going in the wrong direction, and, uh, I don't know, yeah, so, so they're stuck there at, uh, number seven, okay, so top seven teams, no, I'm sorry, they're number eight, number seven, here I'm gonna go with, mm, this is actually tough, uh, I'll go with the Rams here because we still haven't seen Stafford with this new team, but I am assuming it's going to be great. And uh, along with this defense, they've shown that they don't need first round picks, that they are really set. So um, they upgraded, you know, to getting Matthew Stafford. He's going to be great for them. And frankly, I think they're going to be a top four team in the NFL once uh, we see them actually play. All right. Number six. All right. I finally got to do it. I'm I'm putting the Browns here at number six. Um, Actually, no, fuck that. I'm putting the Ravens at number six. Um, They had, you can now see that Lamar Jackson is going to be their ride or die. They had a disappointing loss to the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are a better team than them, but the, the way their season ended, it's like, okay, I don't really know if Lamar Jackson can win three or four games in a row and win them a Super Bowl. It's just like, you know, he can do his crazy shit and be all world and everything and and just a difference maker, but at the end of the day, he's got to win four straight games against playoff teams, and I don't think he can do that. So uh, I have them at number six. I I almost put them ahead of the Browns. Um, I will if they get a big-time receiver like Chris Godwin... Or possibly Kenny Galladay or Allen Robinson. They'll probably make a play for someone like that because they are they are stuck with Lamar and Lamar can get better as a passer, but right now he just isn't the passer. Like that's just not him yet. So, um, yeah. So all right, number five, I have the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I, I love the Browns. They're uh, obviously I'm a little biased, but frankly, if you don't have the Browns as the top. 10 team, you're just not paying attention. Uh, I have them at number five because I just know of what they can do. Uh, Baker Mayfield in this offense with uh, Kevin Stefanski, it all it all makes a lot of sense. Everything is perfect for them. It's a great marriage, and uh, it's going to be a really good situation going forward. They should pay him now because... Frankly, Lamar and Josh Allen are going to get their paydays, and Baker Mayfield's only going to keep on playing better. So once he if he plays this season and has another good season, he's going to say, I deserve Josh Allen money because I'm the Browns are only going as far as he takes them. Um, so they should pay him early because then that TV money is coming in, and everyone knows Baker Mayfield is one of the more marketable players in the NFL. So he's going to want a slice of that. He's only going to be, keep on getting better and the quarterbacks are going to keep on making the quarterback price tag higher. Uh, so they'll have to pay him. They will have to possibly play Den, pay Denzel Ward. They need to make some upgrades on defense, but the good news is the Browns know that they have to make upgrades on defense and they have their entire draft chest to work with and, a, and an additional third. Uh, if they can... If they can get a defensive end and another safety with Grant Delpit, um, a DN to pair with Miles Garrett and get younger on defense, faster, stronger, that's the only thing that's stopping them from being a a real Super Bowl threat. Um, And I think they know that, and I think they're going to do it. So uh, watch out for the Cleveland Browns. All right. uh, Number four, I is the Green Bay Packers. I... Wanted to have them up higher. I wanted to I wanted them to win the Super Bowl this year. But uh you know, it's Aaron Rodgers is playing perfect football and they still can't get there. And I don't think it's gonna be easier next year. They need to address his receivers because it can't just be Devontae Adams. Um they are probably gonna lose Aaron Jones. He's a free agent and it would be not wise to pay him when they could go elsewhere. Uh, I think their defense is pretty good. Jair Alexander is turning into maybe the best corner in football. They have a pretty good pass rush. The Smith brothers are still good. Um, their offensive line, uh, we'll see. They they were really banged up at the end of the season, so I'm not sure how that is going forward. But uh, it's good enough to be the number four team in the league. And they will be a playoff team next year. They'll win the the NFC North. They'll keep winning the North as long as Aaron Rodgers is there and the next best quarterback is whoever the Bears are starting. Um, so as long as that's the case, it's like, all right, they're in a position and can, if they get that buy and home playoff games, but you know, they lost to green, uh, they lost to Tampa at home and, uh, man, they really blew it. They really fucking blew it there. Um, you know, kicking the field goal to make it down five and then uh, a passenger interference call did not help. You know, I hated the passenger interference call at the end of the game there, but, um, They're still a contender. They're still Super Bowl contender. They just need um they don't even need anything. They just need another shot. They just need to keep playing. So uh number three I have the Buffalo Bills. They were right on the doorstep. They did not play all that well to end the season. Uh, you know, that game against uh the Chiefs wasn't their best foot forward. However, uh it's just getting started for Josh Allen. Uh, him and Diggs were such an amazing combo this year. They didn't even have a running game and they were still the second best team in the AFC. Uh, I think uh, they could possibly be the one seed next year. They won 15 games this year and they were looking really good in the second half of the season. I mean the only team to really beat that like they one of their four losses on the year was a Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins. Then they lost two games to the Chiefs and uh, they lost another game early. It was like to the Seahawks or somebody. But um, the point is they're playing really good football. They were beating good teams by solid margins and uh, they just, you know, they they had an off day against Kansas City. I think they're going to be a real big threat next year too. Number two, Kansas City, obviously, you know, everything was going great until their offensive line got hurt and they lost the Super Bowl. Um, but they're still that good. They're going to keep on replacing their offensive weapons that they don't need to pay. Sammy Watkins out, and then they'll just, you know, draft a new receiver in the first round. Uh they you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he's gonna be even better as long as they keep their O line intact. Um we'll see how they do with these money games because they're paying a lot of guys a lot of money, but uh they're figuring out how to work. And uh, they're going to be another threat next year. And number one is Tampa. Uh, I'm always going to make the Super Bowl winner number one. Not. Uh, no. I mean, sometimes when teams that are like 10 and 6 win the Super Bowl, I'm not going to make them the number one team. But Tampa was playing their best football at the end of the season. And they earned this spot. Tom Brady, he's showing his age doesn't matter. Uh, as And he's showing he's not slowing down. He's not going to retire because he's like, no, I'm still playing great. Why would I retire? So... Um, so congrats to the Super Bowl champs and the Bucks for being number one in the power rankings. But um, all right. So we'll, let's move on. We'll do a little bit uh, draft talk before I let you go. Uh, that was, you know, my 32 team power ranking. Um, you know, something I pointed out was this quarterback carousel is insane, right? So last time we spoke, like Stafford was just about to get dealt um, from the Detroit Lions to L.A. where it was swapped with Goff and they got a couple first-rounders for it. I love the deal for Detroit. I love the deal for uh, the Rams because the Rams know that they were a quarterback way. They weren't going to win the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Um, You know, Too many things had to fall in their favor for that to happen. So they went out and they're like, we're not going to just sink to this ship. We're going to take our first-round picks who other teams super value, and we are going to move it for a quarterback that we know can win. And I, I love this marriage between uh, Matt Stafford and McVay and, and the Rams. I think it's going to be awesome. The Super Bowl is in L.A. next year. I, I would not be surprised if they're the team representing the NFC because their offense can do a whole lot of stuff, and now they just got a quarterback that, that can make sure it happens. Um, next up was Carson Wentz going from and, – and, and, by the way, the Detroit side of things – look I know I had them ranked last in my rankings because uh, I don't really believe in Dan Campbell just yet we'll see maybe he ends up being a great head coach um, but I don't think the muscle head like meat head type crap of we'll, we'll eat your kneecaps is really gonna fly in this year in like this year's NFL um, but they acquired some first round picks they have a high pick I think they should trade out of it unless they get like a shot at Trey Lance maybe Um and then they can have Lance uh, sit a year behind golf and maybe they can flip golf a year from now to a team that, you know, needs a quarterback. I don't really know, but I like what they're doing. Uh, it's just that they're in the first stage of a rebuild. So, uh, but it was a good deal for them. They basically got a first round pick for Stafford and then a first round pick for taking on golf. Oswald style. Um, next up was Carson Wentz going from Philly to Indianapolis. Uh, I don't love the deal for Philly. I feel like uh, they could have held out a little bit longer. I don't know why they needed. They felt the need to uh, move them at that time. Uh, I love the move for Indianapolis because they were a quarterback away. Maybe They, they were never going to get in on the Watson talk, and it looked like the Jets are going to keep their options uh, all the way till the draft. So it was like, unless Indy wants to wait on the Jets, and I don't think they did. They had to make a move, and once Wentz, Wentz is good uh, when he's good. He also can be bad, but, um, I mean, he he can make them a Super Bowl contender again. I think they're the favorites for the AFC South now with him. And the Eagles, uh, they've got some bad stuff ahead of them, and now they've Jalen Hurts as their starting quarterback. It's not looking great. All right, so, you know, those are the two deals that have happened. Now you're wondering, are there going to be more t- deals? There was talk that Derek Carr is on the table to possibly going to, you know, the Raiders don't love him. So they might move him. Uh, then there's talk that Russell Wilson's people have talked to Seattle about a, p- a possible trade But that one's crazy. Um, he's not demanding a trade, but it's possible that they will trade him because he's looking and he's like, I don't like everything that's happening here. And You know, he's already in his 30s. He's like, maybe I need to think about, you know, my next move, because if I don't win it in Seattle, he doesn't need to be the forever Seattle guy. So maybe the Jets trade number two for Russell Wilson. Um, You know, Colin Cowherd had a very dumb four team trade that he thought would work. uh, But, you know, where Russell Wilson goes to the Jets and the picks go to Houston and Deshaun Watson goes to San Francisco and. And then Bosa and Picks go to Seattle and Bosa and Garoppolo go to Seattle. And it's like, it, it, it's not happening. It's fun, but it's not happening. Um, So, you know, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr as possible targets. They join Deshaun Watson as another possible quarterback target and Sam Darnold. Um, then you got teams like the Niners are looking to upgrade from Garoppolo. Do they make the move? Uh, the Steelers are kind of stuck with Big Ben right now, but they're, they assigned Dwayne Haskins to be their backup and possible future quarterback. Washington. If Alex Smith retires, they have a lot of money freeing up and uh, they could possibly be in the play for a, uh, a new quarterback, whether it's a first round pick or trading for one, uh, because I think they, that would be a wise thing for them to make a move at quarterback, like a big upgrade. So there are a lot of dominoes still to fall in this whole quarterback like mayhem and a lot of teams are looking at the the teams that got aggressive and are saying, you know what? like we don't need the days of you being stuck with the contract are over because there are now these like NBA and MLB style trades in the NFL that kind of give you the flexibility to move around. And if you aren't attached to to draft picks and know when your contention window is coming, maybe you make a move. So it's just something to think about. And it's going to be something to monitor going forward because it will change power rankings and it will change the way you look at teams. All right. Um, A little draft talk. (coughs) Excuse me. As we get uh, closer to the uh, NFL draft, I will do a breakdown of each position as we go forward. Um, it's only right I start with quarterbacks. I'm also going to do defensive ends, though, because I'm just excited for draft season. So um, I'll start right away with the defensive ends. Um, you know, I don't love this class. I, I rank this, gr- this class as a C+, because we don't have a BOSA or a Chase Young, or a Miles Garrett, or a Jadavion Clowney, not even like a Khalil Mack or a Bradley Chubb, uh, we're probably not going to see an edge rusher in the first 10 picks. Uh, We might not see an edge rusher until like the 15th, 16th, 18th pick. Uh, It's just not that type of draft. Now, there might be a couple that go at the end of the first round, and there will be a good amount that go on day two, but... There's just not that stud that there's been in, in recent years. Um, the safest pick right now, it's a toss-up for me between Quidipe of Michigan and Jalen Phillips of Miami. Um, I don't really think Phillips has the highest ceiling. I think Pay has a higher ceiling, but I just think Phillips is going to be a solid rotational starter for a long time. Uh, he's big, he's muscular, he's fast. And uh, as super athletic, he doesn't have a lot of good game tape behind him. However, um, you just look at him and you kind of get that vibe of just like, hey, he's maybe not your number one DN, but if he's your number two DN, you're really happy. He's not going to rack up a ton of sacks, but he's going to be in the right place at the right time a lot. Quiddipay, I do look at as a like, he's very safe because he just does everything right. And he's very strong and he's great with his hands. Uh, so I think it's going to be hard for me to say that QuiddiPay is not going to be like the best D end in this class. Uh, the biggest bus potential I have also want to do a toss up here because, uh, uh, I'll explain, uh, right now it's between Greg, uh, Russo and Joseph Asai. The reason I put Russo in here is because, uh, we just haven't seen him in a year. So the bus potential is he hasn't played competitive football because he opted out of last season. So that's why I kind of have him as bus potential because he hasn't played football in a while. And that was the last time we saw him. It was his redshirt freshman year. So so he redshirted his first year in college. Then he had one big season and then he sat out to get ready for the draft. So in your head, you're like, he's only had one season um, in his three college years to show game film. However, that one season was tremendous. So he's got a huge ceiling, highest ceiling of any defensive uh, lineman in this draft. And I really do think he could end up being the best defensive player in this draft. However, we have only seen one season from him, and it wasn't back in 2019. So uh, there is a high bust potential there. And then my other one was Joseph Asai. I was originally going to pick him, but I I couldn't not mention the Greg Rousseau sitting out a year. Um, Asai, I'm just like, you know... I like him. I think he's got that like tremendous motor, but um he doesn't have the moves that you love. And he is a linebacker that like I'm just I'm just not entirely sure uh if he's gonna be like the always down defensive end or if he's better off as a three four outside linebacker. So you gotta be careful on what you're asking him to do. I feel like um you know, if you're going to be drafting a defensive end, maybe uh, you'd rather go pay than a Um He does have a great motor. He kind of reminds you a lot of like Brian Arakpo, which I know is kind of a lazy comparison because they both went to Texas. But just the way that he's always after the quarterback and he's just like relentlessly going. But he also reminds you of the type of player that like just sticks his head down and just goes, goes, goes. Where it's like, hey, maybe you should uh, take a second to work in a a move or something like that where you'd see from pay. Um, My surprise pick of this draft, uh, I think, is going to be Patrick Jones from Pitt. Now, I want to explain. Surprise and Sleeper are two different things for me. Sleeper is a guy that I feel like nobody's heard of, nobody's talking about. He'll go late and then he'll he'll do really well. Or he could be really good. Whereas the surprise pick is somebody that people know and they're probably, um, they're just not talking. They, they know they've talked about and they're not giving them enough credit. That's what I'm saying for a surprise player is that he's going to be a guy who comes in the NFL and he's like doing this kind of like what Justin Herbert, you know, he was a surprise player last year where people were like, I don't know. I don't, I expect him to be a bust. And all of a sudden it's like, oh shit. You know, he, he's, he did really well. Um, So I think Patrick Jones, I think he's going to be drafted to be not someone's lead rusher. He's going to be the second guy, the one who doesn't get the double teams. And he's going to be constantly, you know, defending the run well, taking like he won't be asked to take on a lot of double teams. So he'll get one on ones with maybe the right tackle. And uh, I think that's going to be what he does best is just being the second pass rusher. Uh, I like his moves. I like what he's done. And after hearing an interview with him with the draft network, I really like him as like a person. So I'm excited for uh, Patrick Jones. I think he's going to be the surprise player at the position. My sleeper is Peyton Turner. That guy is a beast. He went to Houston. Uh, so there's not a lot of talk about him, but I think he could be very good. Like, um, like Davenport style. Good. Um, I just love like his frame And if he goes to the right team, you could really watch out. Like he could be, he could be special. And, you know, from all the mock drafts and everything that you're seeing out there, it doesn't look like he's going any higher than the third round. So he could possibly be a day three guy. All right. So my top five at the position, my honorable mention, I'm putting uh, Boogie Basham, Carlos Basham. Uh, I'd probably have him a little bit higher, but he's a good amount older than these other guys on the list. And uh, he was a little late to the party in terms of his pass rushing. So um, it keeps him just outside of the top five. Um, Okay, so number five, I have is Joseph Asai from Texas. Again, I said he's a linebacker. Not really sure if he's going to be the full-time 4-3 defensive end or if he's a 3-4 outside linebacker. However, that motor is undeniable. Really good. Um, Number four, I have is Aziz Ojulari uh, from Georgia. Again, similar to Asai with like that unrelenting motor that's always going. However, uh, there's just a little more, uh, how do you call it? Like um, a little more polished to his game where you're seeing more moves. And uh, I just like what you get with Ojolari um, in terms of just like the full package. It's not just a big guy with a motor. It's It's like more of a refined game. Uh, but I do think, I, I do think that's set at number four because I think the top three are set. Number three, I have is Jalen Phillips from Miami. He stepped in really well, and it just I like everything about his game, he's just a re- well-rounded player. Um, I think he's gonna go somewhere in like the twenties, where I I honestly think a lot of these guys are gonna, be gonna go to these playoff teams or early second-round picks. Um, you know, I think Asai... Ojulari Phillips and this next guy will all be in that like 20, 22 to thirty five range. Uh, but I like Jalen Phillips. I think uh, he's best not being the number one DN. But if he's your like second best defensive lineman, you know he's not getting always the double pressured. But he is just uh, he's built. And I think he's got more to show too, which would be really exciting if he can develop more of a game because I feel like the best is still yet to come with him. Number two, I do have is Greg Rousseau. Um, It's just his ceiling is undeniable. It's like, I really do think he could be the best defensive player in this draft. Um, I don't think it'll come all the way together for him like that, but I just look at him as man if he goes to the Cleveland Browns, right, I'm looking at the way the Browns are set up. Miles Garrett's already taken on double teams on the other side. The Browns, uh, they have Sheldon Richardson. They have some other defensive tackles that are pretty good. So Rousseau will likely be taking on the right tackle, left tackle in one-on-ones a lot. And if he's anything like what we saw in 2019, I mean, that's just, if he's like that, if he could be better than what he was in 2019, we're looking at, you know, a really good defensive end. But number one I have is Quidipe. I think uh, he's just got a, a, he's a safe floor. So that's what keeps him at uh, number one. And uh, I think he'll go somewhere in the teens, but uh, he'll be the first defensive end taken maybe at 12, uh, you know, to San Francisco. uh, If, if, you know, there's talks that they might move one of their high price defensive ends and, uh, you know, help them get a quarterback or get some picks to get a quarterback. So, uh, maybe that's where pay goes in, but um, yeah, I think he's uh he's pretty safe to be the first defensive end, and it's just crazy because we don't have a Bosa in this draft. We don't have Chase Young, Miles Garrett, Jadavion, any of those guys. There's no like clear cut franchise changing DN, but there are a lot of really good ones. So I give this class like a C plus, and uh, and that's where I stand with that. Now, quarterbacks. All right. The part everybody wants to come for. The quarterbacks. This class is a B. Plus, all right. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't want to give this class an A just yet. Um, a lot of people are trying to compare it to 2018's class, but there's we got to pump the brakes a little bit. Okay. Because after Lawrence, there's a lot of question marks. You know, yes, there's Trevor Lawrence in this class. You know, he's a, a quarterback prospect on the same level of. Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning and like John Elway and that's really it. You know, quarterbacks aren't supposed to be this polished coming into the league. He's already going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the in the conference when uh the Jags draft him. And if if the Texans deal to Sean Watson, he'll be the best quarterback in the division without even without even taking a snap. So, um After him, though, there are question marks. Let's not compare him to 2018 just yet. In 2018, you had two Heisman Trophy winners, Baker and Lamar. You had two studs that were starting in the Pac-12 that looked pretty safe at the time, Darnold and Rosen. And then you had one of the greatest arms the draft has ever seen in Josh Allen. That was a special five-man class. Um... This one I don't think is the same. It, uh, you know, I know they've got Trevor Lawrence, but Justin Justin Fields I really like as well. And I really like Zach Wilson. However, Wilson has one good year at BYU. I I I wouldn't take him over, you know, I'd take him I don't know. I don't want to compare classes right now because at the time I, w- I, I definitely had Lamar on the lower end. And, you know, I would still have Lamar on the lower end because he, you need a very special offense to make him work. Um, however, it, it, there's just a lot of questions. He has one good year at BYU. Trey Lance has very little, very, very little um, experience at North Dakota State. Um, and they only played one game this year. So he doesn't have a lot. And then that fifth quarterback spot. I think he's really up to debate right now. So I'm giving this class a B plus, but I'll jump into it right now. Safe is Trevor Lawrence. That's obvious. We talked about him already. He's great. And uh, he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league real soon. He has an extremely, extremely strong arm. He is a great athlete. People forget that. He can run really well. I hope he doesn't run for his sake because, you know, you don't want to be injured and get injured because of your running. And I feel like that's, often what happens with quarterbacks who run too much but uh he's got a very high floor he's got the highest ceiling of anyone in this draft and uh you know the sky's the limit for him uh biggest bust potential is mac jones mac is extremely overrated right now because you know yes he was able to do some really good things and improve his game at while at alabama um they had one of the best seasons ever last year. But you look at what he was able to compete. complete. Uh, he was constantly throwing to first-round picks. He's not always going to get that. He's not always going to get Alabama open guys. Um, Tua struggled big time in his rookie year. And Mac Jones isn't anywhere near Tua. So I look at the quarterback with the most bust potential is Mac Jones because he is not a very accurate quarterback. He doesn't have the strongest arm. I mean, he's got his arm is fine, but it's his accuracy that worries me because most of his completions were around the line of scrimmage, and that shit's just not going to fly in the NFL. Uh, My surprise is going to be my surprise player of this draft is going to be Trey Lance. Why? Uh, You know, the guy's going to be in the first round pick. How is he going to be surprised? Well, he's probably going to be the fourth quarterback taken. Behind Fields, behind Wilson, and obviously Lawrence. So if he's the fourth quarterback, you know usually you're expecting a guy that's not starting right away. But I think he could start right away, and I think he could probably compete right away. So yeah, you're probably thinking like Trey Lance, fourth quarterback, um, usually isn't going to be competing right away. But I look at him as he could go to the right team and be a player, a stud early and you know maybe that's Carolina maybe that's Washington uh two teams that I think like you know very different offensive styles yet you know Washington could love him because they're like he's a big strong quarterback not as big as Cam Newton but they could use him in that similar role that Ron Rivera did or Carolina with Matt Rule and his fun offense they could really like draft a fun offense around him where the ball's constantly moving and you have just playmakers all over the field making it really easy for him. Um, you know, you, I'm, I don't see Trey Lance going to Jacksonville, New York, right? You know, I don't see him being one of those two guys where it's like, all right, there's not much around you, be the guy. Um, you know, so outs, like that's where he could have the advantage of over, like Justin Fields might go number two to the Jets, or Zach Olson goes two to the Jets. And, uh, you know, early on, whoever the Jets take, and then whoever, you know, and Lawrence with the Jaguars, they might be in a little more trouble because it's just harder, whereas if he goes to one of these teams like the Dallas Cowboys or the Washington, uh, you know, football team um, or the Carolina Panthers, and he's already a very good quarterback prospect, I think things could go really well for him, And, and we could see a guy that's like, oh, shit, like, we forgot about him because he wasn't one of the top three guys. So... Um, And then my sleeper for the draft is Kellen Mond. Uh, He was a senior bowl MVP and senior bowl MVPs often do pretty good. And uh, they're liked by, you know, the NFL circles and they get drafted a little bit higher than uh, you would like think. So uh, he's not going to be given a starting job, but I think similar to Jalen Hurts, he'll be, he'll go to a team that's like, you know what? Not really certain about their quarterback situation. And maybe a year or two from now, Mond gets the chance. This is where if Detroit trades out of the first of the top 10 picks and they say, okay, Goff is the guy for now, maybe taking Mond in in rounds three or four is their move because they say, you know what? We're not going to sick a rookie quarterback out there right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if in a year or two from now, you're talking about Kellen Mond being a starting quarterback. And I think what would really help him is ultimately the same thing that I was talking about with Trey Lance, where he's not going to a place where people are waiting for him to be the guy and take control of everything. It'll just be he goes to a team that is a quarterback away from competing, and they have all the pieces around the quarterback already set. So I like Kellen Mond. I think, uh, I think he'd be pretty good. The funny thing is, though, is we've seen so much of him in college, and yet we're still not sure if he's like good or not. Like, he's started so many games for AM, and like, we're still wondering, like, is he a first round pick? Like, no, I don't, I don't know. Like, no, it's, and he's not a first round pick, but like, there's still that talk about like, how high does Kellen Mond go? I don't know. So, um, all right. So, my top five quarterbacks, my honorable mention, uh, is Mac Jones. I think he's going to be a first round pick. Uh, I think a team just ultimately falls in love with him on on tape of him throwing to Alabama receivers and uh, I think that's a mistake because once he gets to the NFL he's not going to have guys Alabama open. He's not like he's going to go to the New England Patriots or the Washington football team and he's going to have some struggles uh, but I still do like his arm and I like it like I think he's really improved. He's not a statue. He actually does have some athleticism. However, uh, I think he's just going to be too heavily relied upon, and I I don't like him as as like the guy. Uh, number five I have is Kyle Trask uh, from Florida. He had a great season at Florida, Joe Burrow esque. Um, so why is he not getting talk about like in the first round? And uh, I think people have kind of forgotten about him. And things can you know he does have the intangibles. He is like, really liked. He's got a good solid frame. He's got a solid arm. Like everything about him is solid. So why is he not getting any first round talk? I think he's the number five quarterback in this class. Number four is Trey Lance. Um, again, I talked about how he was just on the outside of the top three for me. Uh, I think he's a top 10 pick in most drafts. Maybe not in this one because of the other quarterbacks that are in this. But um, I th- I like Lance a lot. He's big. He's, he's mobile and he's got a really strong arm. Uh, the only problem is, you know, he played at North Dakota State. So we'll see how he does against NFL competition. Uh if he goes to a team like Washington or Carolina, as much as I like his upside, he he'll be playing NFL defenses and he'll go come right from division 3 defense, division 2 or 1AA defenses. So, um that's a huge jump. Also, he didn't play much last year because his team didn't have football games. He had one game. So uh, I'm I'm staying relatively holding back on him right now. Number three, I have is Zach Wilson. I'm not ready. Some people are saying he's the best in the class, or he's definitely number two. I'm I'm already tired of those people. Um, You see what you want to see with Zach Wilson, and you're putting him at number one, and you're taking for granted what Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are doing. Stop that. He had a really great season at BYU. He is a great runner. He can throw the ball over the moon. Uh, there are so many things he can do. We know his abilities, but it's is he going to be able to do it consistently? And is it just going to be against like, you know, BYU opponents? So um also, there's a little bit out there about him being entitled, kind of a brat, and like, you know, just uh, expecting everything done for him and he's gonna be, you know, basically expecting the whole. NFL service once he gets to the league you know that could be just talk right now that could be a a, you know thrown out there by Carolina or Dallas or someone hoping that he falls a little bit so we got to keep that in mind but it's something to mention that that's not being said about Lawrence or Justin Fields it's being said about Zach Wilson who has never faced the teams that Fields and Lawrence have beaten right and uh you know I mean Trevor Lawrence won a national championship as a as a freshman, he's only lost two games ever. And that was to Joe Burroughs LSU and Justin Fields Ohio state this year. So let's pump the brakes on, on like why, you know, uh, Zach Wilson should be up around Lawrence. We got to stop there. Um, but I do love everything he has to offer. I just, he's not as safe as the top two guys. Um, and that's number two is Justin Fields, obviously. Um, I really like Fields. He's he's such a cross between guys that are in the NFL already, right? Like, everyone wants to be like, okay, so how is he any different from the other Ohio State quarterbacks? And I'm like, he's nothing like those guys. He is a bigger, thicker, a little bit more zipped Deshaun Watson. Maybe not as much pure pure speed, but still the athlete that Deshaun is. Um, I like the comparison that someone said is he's Dak unleashed like but i'm like no because even dak unleashed doesn't mean he has accuracy which fields does fields has pinpoint accuracy and people say he locks on receivers too much but that's kind of more about the ohio state offense and that like you know receivers that like break off and do different routes they give a lot of um they uh, at ohio state they give the receivers a lot of uh freedom to do what they want. So there is some locking on the receivers because he's got to figure out what they're doing on a, on any given play. Um but he can hit any receiver. He has a lot of athleticism. And if there was no Trevor Lawrence in this draft, uh I think he'd be a very good pick for number 1. Uh you know, people would be talking about Wilson versus Fields for a long time, but you know, remember, he was able to beat Clemson. He he beat them down this year and the year prior uh went to the wire with Clemson as well in what was a I guess even a better Clemson Tiger team. So, um and he was able to roll through the Big 10 in two straight seasons, never losing a game in the Big 10. Uh it, it's just uh there, there's just so much to like about him. Uh whether you think he's a thicker Deshaun Watson or you think he's a more accurate Dak Prescott, uh whatever it is, I really like him in to any team that's drafting in the top ten. You know, if if he falls to Carolina somehow, I think that's a dream come true for the Panthers. Uh, I could see him doing well in Dallas. Uh, if you know they will have to work on their offensive line a little bit, but if they move on from Dak, I think Fields could ultimately, maybe not immediately, but eventually, be an upgrade. And uh, I do like him in Atlanta, where he be like the hometown kid. I really like that combo. Um, they can move Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and just have a younger core that's around Fields and Calvin Ridley and uh, you know a bunch of first round picks at offensive line and Arthur Smith's new offense. So I like him for a lot of different spots. Uh, the Jets, I, I mean, yeah, it'd be great. But what can you get for Sam Darnold? Because uh, you know if the Jets go with Justin Fields. Then you have Darnold there, but you do have a good left tackle. Uh, Denzel Mims is a nice receiver. They have a lot of money. So uh, the Jets, I think, is a nice home for him uh, as well. So I could see him going to a number of teams in the top 10. Uh, number one, obviously, Trevor Lawrence. There's really not much to say. Like, if you think Zach Wilson's better than him, you've really taken Trevor Lawrence for granted. Um, he's, just, he's just a different level of quarterback. And if you think Zach Wilson's better than him, it's because you're just trying to get readers and clicks. So let's calm down. Let's, let's slow our roll there. Um, but that's the quarterback breakdown. Uh, I think this is a, a really good quarterback class. I gave it a B plus. Um, I think it would be in the A range had Zach Wilson done it longer or against better competition. And, uh, same can be said for Trey Lance. Uh, that's not necessarily their fault. I know the pandemic changes things, but, Uh, again, quarterbacks that are lacking film, you, uh, you gotta be careful. You're going to be drafting these guys to basically be the the face of your franchise and they're going to be first round picks. Also, um, the fact that Mac Jones is going to be overdrafted, uh, does hurt this class a little bit. You know, he's a mid round pick. He's, he's not a first rounder. Okay. So, uh, before we finish up, I do want to get to, uh, a little bit of movie stuff, you know there've been a it's been a lot of uh, movie talk going around recently because now that like you know the pandemic is slowing down and that we could be going uh, into movie theaters sooner than we think, people are getting excited. These these soft dates of twenty twenty one releases are now starting to look a little firmer. Netflix is putting out a lot of stuff, uh, including a uh, zombie heist movie uh, called like the Dead Army or something. I just saw a trailer for it looks fucking awesome. It's not going to be any good, but it's going to be great, if you know what I mean. It's going to be one of those like I love it even though it's not that good movie. Um and we're going to see more superhero movies this uh, this year. You know, WandaVision has been teasing a lot of fun stuff. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier is coming out in March. Loki's coming out in June. Uh, I'm starting to get I'm starting to feel the vibes of what's going on. But before we talk about new stuff Two weeks ago, it was Valentine's Day, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, you know, do a little Valentine's Day shout out. So uh, we're going to do a Valentine's Day one minute movie review for a rom-com I just saw for the first time with Sam. It's called Plus One. It was starring uh, Jack Quaid, he of the boys, the son of Meg Ryan. Ironically, we'll talk about Meg Ryan in a second. And uh, and Dennis Quaid. And you know what? It was exactly what you thought it would be. Uh, it's two people that are friends. They decide, you know what? I hate going to these weddings alone. Uh, I, you know, Jack Wade likes to pick up chicks, but he's not good at doing it on his own. He needs like a kind of his friend to be there for him. And she doesn't want to be seen at these weddings without her boyfriend who she just broke up with. So it would be helpful if she's not there alone. So obviously, you know, we go through and they get, you know, they get together, they start to like each other. Uh, things fall apart because that wasn't the agreement. But it turns out that they ended up really liking each other. Uh it was a good movie. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I um I thought it was funny. Uh they gave Beck Bennett a really weird speech towards them. Beck Bennett was one of like his best friends in it. Uh, I think it 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 was a couple tweaks away from being like a great movie, a great rom com. Uh, but it was good. I give it like, you know, like a 70 and uh thumbs up. Not two thumbs up, but thumbs up. And if you're looking for a rom-com to pass some time, uh, I laughed. I laughed at this one. I had some fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Nothing more to be said on that one-minute movie review. Uh, And then I finally, I just want to end the episode with my top five rom-coms. You know, I figure that's the best way to end the Valentine's Day episode. Uh, For this, I'm not including Judd Apatow movies. Uh, I know people want to say that those are rom-coms similar to how a hot dog is a sandwich. And uh, Die Hard is Christmas movie. It's basically just based on technicalities, but I'm not gonna rank his in there because it's those are more com roms than rom coms. All right, uh, number five, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Great movie. Um, it's a crap movie, but it it is it's a classic rom com now. McConaughey and Kate Hudson have done it a couple times. Uh, fool's gold was not nearly as good as this and um you know you you can it you can knock it all you want but in terms of rom-coms this is a top tier rom-com um number four i'm going crazy rich asians i'm a big fan of crazy rich asians we watched it again this valentine's day um very likable main characters i want them to make the second movie Uh, it, you know, the whole time you're like really interested, there's a couple twists and turns that you kind of don't see coming. Uh, then again, I never see things coming in movies because I just let the movie like, you know, take over. Uh, whereas like, you know, when we're watching something, Sam will be like, "Mm, this is what's going to happen. And then I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I guess you're right. And then it happens. Uh, so I'm like, uh, I don't see things coming as clearly as she does or as other people do. But Crazy Rich Asians, definitely, definitely great, great rom-com. And I hope there's more, because apparently there's three books, so there should be a a second movie as well. Uh, Number three, You Got Mail. Awesome. Meg Ryan at her Meg Ryanist. Some people will say that is When Harry Met Sally, but I'm not a big Billy Crystal fan, and I don't see them as a couple. I, I just don't like that. Um... I like her and Hanks a lot more, especially their characters in this. Uh, I, maybe they're better together in Sleepless in Seattle. I'm not sure. Um, maybe they're at their best in Joe versus the volcano. But this one's just a really fun story. It's very different. Um, you know, it's it's fun to look back at like, you know, you got mail and and, and uh, you know basically like instant messaging and all that and just where technology is, but. It was it was fun and it was um it was like cute you're waiting for them to get together the whole time and and like you're kind of sitting on the edge of your seat for the last like half hour of the movie it's it's great uh number two is my best friend's wedding uh th- this is this goes down in brainy lore as a great rom-com great movie altogether very quotable Julia Roberts at like you know peak Julia Roberts and uh it, it's one of the few movies where Cameron Diaz gets to play like the best version of of herself uh and that's not the like i have to be the smartest person in the room character that she's been in now the last few movies that you see her in where it's like every time cameron deals is like she has to like prove guys they're wrong or something i don't know it's like i'm noticing it in a lot of her movies recently but she was younger in this and she was like the perfect like like little college girlfriend that comes from a rich family and uh this story you know hey like spoiler alert Not a happy ending. This is not one where like, you know, she gets the guy and the guy gets the girl. Like, you know, she goes to break up a wedding and it doesn't work. And it's still a really good rom-com because, you know, hijinks ensue. But, uh, yeah, it's not number one, though, for me, because uh, number one on this list goes to a movie that's got multiple relationships going on at once. It's very funny from start to finish. It has... Like the classic renaissance of, or uh, not not renaissance, resurgence of an actor like I've never seen before. And it's got everyone's favorite TV actor, maybe of all time, in Steve Carell. And this is Crazy Stupid Love. You've got four different relationships happening in this movie. Uh, You see the highs and lows of basically every type of relationship new ones, old ones, you know, a, a married couple going through a divorce. You've got a young couple where. Uh, girl girl's kind of serious and the guy is not, Um, but he wants to be serious. You've got a guy that's dealing with the girl's father. You've got a guy that's got a crush on an older girl in high school. It, it's, it's got everything and it's still really funny. And it's like, you know, the whole, like uh, the Kevin Bacon thing is, is pretty funny. And the whole like fight scene, which is the big twist in late in the movie. Um, I, I love it. I love this movie. It's clearly my number one rom-com because it's also on the Jake 101 movies list. Uh, it's just one of my favorite movies, so I love it. It's, it, you know, Crazy Stupid Love. That's it. So uh, honorable mention, obviously got Runaway Bride and Pretty Woman on there if we're going to be in the, um, you know, Julia Roberts era. And then Sleepless in Seattle, you know, we already touched on that with Meg Ryan. So, um you know, that's, that's where way I got it. It's probably not a very unique list. Uh, I, it can't be very unique. It's probably somewhat of a similar list to the ones that you see online and things like that, but it's just how I feel. I like it. I um, uh, did see some new uh, You know, ones. Always Be My Maybe was pretty good on Netflix. Trainwreck was pretty good. I just don't, like, you know, dig Amy Schumer all that much. 51st uh, Dates, another good rom-com. Uh, the Big Sick, pretty sad, not very funny. Uh, but a good movie, and uh, Palm Springs. Uh, I don't. I didn't even think of it as romantic. Uh, I just thought of it as a really cool uh, uh, Groundhog Day type movie that somehow got romantic. But regardless, uh, that's how I got the Valentine's Day episode ending. So thanks for listening, everyone. I know. Uh, well, look at that. We're over an hour and a half again, and after the song, it'll be almost an hour forty. So uh, take care, and uh, thanks for listening to my podcast you